Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Neighbors Podcast. Today, we are going to be covering things that aren't a huge deal, but are just big enough that it might put you in a bad mood. <laughs> what are some things that happen to you on a day-to-day basis? I think the first thing is something that everybody can relate to. Passwords. Dude, I'm telling you, I got the same password for everything. And as soon as I put it in, I'm like, this has to be right. It's something different. Because you got to switch it so much. I swear, if they, if as many people signed into my Rafford school account as the school thought, yeah, I'd never have a good grade. Because i got to change it every six weeks or something crazy. I have seven passwords at my work that oh my change God. almost every month. And they went and upped it from eight characters to 14. I'm like, I don't know a word or a phrase, you know, that's just that consistent to me. I, I started an Excel file and I keep track of my passwords that's that ridiculous. I have to have a password on. Oh my gosh. Like you're going to have 14 <laughs> character worth of something that's going to be in your brain all the time. Yeah. I mean, like just, mine's always in the medium area. You know how it's like weak, decent, strong. Yeah. I'm always in the decent area. Yeah. <laughs> No, that they they pushed very hard for you to be like excellent, like computer yeah. hacker wouldn't get this, like <laughs> stuff like that. But it's like I'm just trying to buy something online right now. Like I'm not trying. I'm to... just trying to put my credit card in on Amazon for real. And you need it's my not card number for the fifteenth time. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> I promise, it's no one else. What's one you got? I'd say something that mildly infuriates me is when a pizza isn't cut in even slices. I swear I had that on my list. That pisses me <laughs> off, dude. Like, and it's always it's always Little Caesars. <laughs> they always mess it up. If you work at Little Caesars, <laughs> next pizza you get, cut it. From us, just cut it, okay? It makes me wonder, did they use like the little handheld roller that's got like the blade in it and they just roll it straight across and then eyeball it? Or do they have like one of the big star presses that just go down, ching, and then, you know? I feel like it's more efficient with the the star thing. I was gonna say you can't cut it wrong, even if you're a little crooked. Like I mean, you're cutting missing crust. Yeah. So with the little hand roller, I'm like, do you know how annoying that would be if you worked at a pizza place? That would be mildly infuriating. You'd be like, what? you're sitting there <laughs> rotating the pizza. You're gonna have four Someone's arms. Someone's critiquing. <laughs> you're gonna have four arms like an art character that you can just. <laughs> Get them all the way up. But, like, every time, and whenever it's not cut, you'll, like, take a piece. And, and especially dries. at gatherings and stuff, and there's somebody behind you, like, watching. Yeah. And they're like, I hope he doesn't touch that other slice. And you're like, <laughs> and you pull it, and there's still a little, the tip of it's still there. And you're like, do I take it or do I leave it? Do I take it or Today, do I leave it? Today, when I had this pizza party at work, okay, I had ate four pieces of pizza. I was done. And they walked around three times. Does anyone want these last pieces? Does anyone want... I'm like, oh, God. They're going to come to me because I've ate four pieces. <laughs> so they come straight to me. You want one of these? I'm like, yeah. Same thing happened. No. I grab it, and they're connected. And I'm like, I just want this one. And I'm dangling it. And then it falls off with the other one on my plate. And I'm like, I guess I'll eat both. At that point, you got to. It's yeah. like, I've already touched the other the table. one. COVID's going around. I guess I'll eat both pieces of pizza. <laughs> I had one. I had a DoorDash today. This is another um, infuriating thing. And we got, I got a coffee and my coworker got a coffee. No straws in there. And she had like the frap. So 
Yeah. It's like a milkshake. So how are you going to drink that without just, I mean, I guess you could literally just yeah. sip on it, but it made me so mad that I had to drink my coffee without a straw. I was like, this is bullshit. It, it wasn't like one of the ones that has the little hole coming out of it that yeah, you can no, drink. It's, it was like one that needed a straw, like an iced coffee yeah. type thing. So whenever I saw that, I was like, this is bullshit. I'll, I'll even add to that. I get very irritated if I go to a coffee place and I order something that's got a lot of stuff in it and they don't mix it. Like, I always, oh. I always get like... Um, caramel macchiatos yeah yeah and it's very distinct i can tell whether they made it and they stirred it yeah and everything's mixed up or they literally just poured it all in and served it because if they did that you can taste it as you drink it so like the very bottom tastes like caramel then you get espresso then you get coffee or if they mix it all together it tastes the whole thing and i'm like it just drives me nuts that there's not a universal way to make one coffee. I think they do it for like aesthetic, you think? Because it looks real cool whenever they put the milk and yeah. the cream in there and it's like drizzling down. So they're like, eh, they can stir it themselves. We're going to give it and make yeah. it look good. But I understand that completely, how it tastes different the whole way up. Yeah. And eventually it'll like kind of get down in there. And it's like every time I order a coffee, I never know if it's going to taste pre-mixed or not. And, yeah. I, and I like it unmixed, weirdly. I like the aesthetic. Oh, so like, you get mad when they do mix it. Yeah, so oh, I okay. like the whole taste of when it's just, yep, poured a bunch of random crap. Yeah. But it's just, if they've mixed it, you can't unmix it. Yeah, at that point, there's really no yeah. return, and, and you don't get to I'm just it. a picky asshole is what it is. <laughs> don't want this guy coming in your coffee shop, that's for sure. Oh, crap. Got another one here? Oh, yeah. Let's we hear talk, it. Let's we hear talked it. about this one a couple weeks ago. Slow trucks in the fast lane. Don't get me going, brother. When oh they're my God. 69, just racing yeah. for who's the slowest. And it's the real problem is the tractor trailer or car, because cars are like this, that's going like 55 on a blue sky day, no wind, <laughs> anything, no bad yeah. conditions. They're just like, it's just as fast as their car goes. Yeah. I mean, some people, I understand that. They're like, I'm just trying to get this thing home. But <laughs> then the like tractor trailer, like yeah, the tractor trailer will get go by, and then the next car in front of it's that freaking other tractor trailer that's going mm-hmm. 70, and then <laughs> going 69 trying to get around it. And we're back here like, oh, my God, if you don't go. I, I like Whenever we were talking about how Elon – flying through these work zones oh yeah and they're targeting like they're monitoring our speed they need to send out cruise missiles <laughs> and these trucks need to get like a heat sink like so that. they know when they're getting locked onto. and if yeah. they're in the fast lane for more than like 30 seconds and they have a move it's just oh you either get over or you're getting blew up speed limit enforced by aircraft <laughs> by nuke <laughs> by nuke oh my gosh it seems like every time I go on the interstate, though, that happens. And you'll get those one trip, like the couple trips that, like early in the morning or something, yeah. that just goes so smoothly. You're like, I wish it was like this every time. And then you're coming back from wherever you went, and it's like, this is miserable. <laughs> I, I feel like that if you wake up early, you, you're golden. You, If you're sub 6 o'clock, you're fine. Because yeah. all the slow people are over in the slow lane. But it's like right there at rush hour in the morning when everyone's going to work. Either people go a hundred, and they're zooming in and out of cars, or you've got you know Billy Bob on his CB. Yep, I'm gonna get her up to sixty eight today. 
and then like tractor trailers would be going down a hill a hundred miles an <laughs> maximum hour. over and then you're in the left lane and there's a tractor trailer literally in your tailgate <laughs> and you're like okay i'll get over for you yeah. this time and then it goes up, back up the hill and, and then, you're uh, it's like 55 miles an hour god that makes me so mad no how about how about whenever you open a battery pack and every time you do it, it never opens it completely. It's still got that little bit of like paper, I guess, over yeah, top like that of it. Film, like yeah. when you pull the plastic off of it, and it's still the paper. Yes, yes, yes. Like I, how are we? How do we have people in space on the moon, <laughs> but we still can't figure out how to open a freaking battery pack? Does that not? It infuriates me that every time, like, I'll, I open it, it's like that. What about when you get like a pack of scissors? Scissors. And it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you need scissors to cut open this pack to get what you need out. Yeah. Or if it's something like, I did the same thing with, like, screwdrivers or pliers. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I need to get this out. And then they're stuck behind the paper. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Every time, yeah. And you can kind of, if it's one of the good scissors ones where that little piece of paper is over top yeah. of it. You can bend it a certain way yeah, to where the end hole. of it. Yeah, then you can start digging through it. But it happens with my with battery packs every time. And then I'll consciously think, I'll be like, don't do it this time. Get really in there. Yeah. And then it still does it. I was talking to Lucas on Xbox the other day, and I literally gave a little yelp after it happened. I was like, <laughs> it wasn't a yelp, it was a scream. <laughs> I always try to either get my fingernail or like wet, get like a little like a bottle of water or something wet the end of it and it's like mm. it makes the paper just thin enough that you just like poke and Damn, go right that's through that's a good it. idea but see then you got batteries and you just covered them in water yeah that's the only negative but I mean if then you it might can, blow up and you die yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would suck oh lord if you guys have any hacks to like getting into that <laughs> please tell us yeah, because we'll, we'll turn I'm, this into a life pack channel I'm in shambles right now I, something's gotta change <laughs> I've got one that happens a lot at work and around people that can't kind of read the room. What is worse than when you're trying to have a conversation with somebody and they're whispering something to you, but they're whispering it just quiet enough that you can't pick up what they're saying, Mm -hmm. but if it was any louder, like, everyone would hear it. So you're like, yeah, you're trying to hear it, and they're like, yeah, and just kind of mumble off, and you're like, I don't know what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, you know, you know. And you're like, dude, just say it. I don't care if everyone yes. hears it now. But like, then if they go a little bit louder, everybody's going to yeah. hear it. Yeah, I've been in that situation before. But it makes me think of whenever somebody says something to you and you don't hear it, then you say, what was that? Then they don't say it any louder, like at all. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. Well, see, it's that. And then I think this kind of ties directly into it. People that also can't read lips. Yeah. So if you're like, what did you say? And you're trying to get a point, they're just kind of going like this. And it's like their lips aren't even really moving enough for yeah. you to notice. Like, they're not enunciating. Like, I am telling you this. Yeah. I wonder how much we read lips on, like, every conversation. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I wonder if it's mainly, I mean, we definitely hear each other. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if we kind of. I read think, lips more than we think. I think that's what makes it more infuriating in that situation because you, it doesn't matter if you can hear them or not. You know you can't hear what they're saying. 
mm-hmm. that's your only other cue is to try to read their lips. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if I can hear you or I'm talking to you, I'm just going to kind of sit here and I don't have to look at you to know what you're saying. Yeah, but you can kind of just... If yeah. you're just kind of talking like this loud across the room and I'm, I can't hear what you're saying, I'm going <laughs> to focus in on you and try to look at your yeah. luscious lips. <laughs> and try to read those. Did you ever be like in school and you're taking a test and you're like, okay, I know the answer to this. Your pencil breaks, okay? You go over to the sharpener. You sharpen that V. <laughs> you get it perfect. Just yeah. pinpoint pencil. Yeah. Go over there. First thing you write, that thing breaks in Crunch. half. <laughs> and it's like, and it leaves that big old smudge of lead on there. Yeah. And you go back over there, <laughs> keep doing it. And it just keeps doing it. So then you're just like, I'm just going to write with the nub pretty yeah, much. Like you got to like do the little scribble. Yeah. There. See, the only thing that gets me with that is, you either break it or you do the thing where you sharpen it and it sharpens it where the wood is like on top of the lead. So then mm. you go to write and there's no lead at the top of your pencil. Yes. It's like the end of the pencil, like the wood part. Yeah. And you're sitting there just writing and there's nothing. And you're like, are you kidding me? So you got to kind of peel that little tiny wood back and it's mm. still, you got to write and it breaks. And you're just like, okay, where's my lead <laughs> pencil? That's why, I mean, clink, clink, clink. I, literally, <laughs> I literally don't use pencils anymore because of that reason and weird fact about me writing pencil on paper like gives me cold chills i don't like the noise or the feeling it makes especially with lead pencils i don't know what it is but i can't do it so i write with pen all the time because it's got that silky smooth on paper you know i knew someone who was allergic to pencils because oh my of the, God. the paint they used on the yellow pencils hmm. broke their hand out so they had to write with the lead pencils. Hmm. That sounds like a horrible life. That, as sounds, a, as a <laughs> that sounds worse than being mildly infuriating. Imagine <laughs> not being able to use a regular wooden pencil. Yeah. Like you just pick up a pencil and it's like, man, my hand's itchy now. Oof. What do you think the worst thing to be allergic to is? Because I, I got a good one. I Personally, I'd say if you're allergic to dairy. That's kind of what mine is. Mine was eggs. Yeah. Because eggs is in, like, everything. See, that's like, a, anything, like, animal processed, I think you would just instantly. In a factory, anything that's ever made, like, food-wise, I feel like it's around dairy enough that it would be, like, yeah. you have to eat everything organic or, you know. I feel like grass and stuff like that would be pretty bad, too. Yeah. But I don't, I feel like a lot of people say they're allergic to grass, but they've just been, like, rolling in it or something yeah. and it kind of breaks you out any i was even gonna say yeah you're allergic to like the dust and pollen in the air but everyone is to an extent yeah i mean if i go outside and mow the grass and then roll around in it i'm probably going to be itchy when i get up yeah. compared to it's like i walk on my front porch oh my god grass and gotta <laughs> you know run back in my house yeah <gasps> trees <laughs> i'm allergic to trees it's the green <laughs> i used to get cut up by grass back in the day i mean I don't go around now and go, I'm going to go play in the grass. But, like, yeah. back in the day, or like football or anything like that, you can get cut up by that crap. <laughs> anyway, enough about grass. <laughs> enough about grass. I, I think I've got one more mildly infuriating thing, and then we can get on to the meat and taters. Wait, I got, I got one more. I got one more. Okay. okay. Mine is when you go to take a drink of a bottle and you have accidentally put the lid back on it. That don't happen to me very much. It happens to me like 
specifically if I'm having a conversation or something mm-hmm. and it's like a brand new bottle or I have two bottles, I'll open it and I'll take a drink and I always either hold the cap or I immediately put it on the bottle. So mm-hmm. for me, sometimes I just set it back on the top yeah. and then I'll pick the bottle up and go take a drink and then boom. I could see that. Cap it. I'm sure. like, man, I look like an idiot right now. <laughs> All these people just saw me smash this bottle in my face. Oh, God. The reason I wanted to give my last one here is because I think you'll like it a lot. You ever be like taking a dump and it's one of those that you got to like take a rest after. Like, you got to go lay down for a little bit. That was a little strenuous. <laughs> well, whenever stuff like that happens and you look over and there's, like, one good wipe left of toilet paper and you know you got to replace it. So, <laughs> I know that it's such a little thing, but sometimes I'm like, oh, my God, why do I got to do this? This literally just, and in our bathroom, the, what do you call a pantry in a bathroom? I guess just a storage like, place. Like the, whatever, the closet or the cabinet Yeah, closet, or yeah. The toilet paper's right there, so all I got to do is just get up and grab it, and the thing's easy, you put it on there, but there's just something about it after one of those poos. <laughs> you, you saying that makes me want to almost one-up that. Not that that's not, you know, just oh, god-awful. Yeah, I'm here for it, I'm here for it. But you know in my bathroom, where you put the toilet paper on the little roller... Mm-hmm. one of the sides doesn't like screw in the wall correct. So mm-hmm. whenever you change a roll of toilet paper and you unhinge it, that right side holder will fall off in the floor. So oh. you literally have to pick it up and there's a little hook and you got to just perfectly get it on there and line it up to get that thing back in and it falls off every time. So it's kind of like a job doing it, you know? Yeah, like you're scared <laughs> to change it because you're like, oh my God. I'm going to go to pull some toilet paper here and the whole roll is just right in the floor. You ever leave it for Elizabeth? Every time. <laughs> I'm I, guilty. I'm I guilty. I'll get a new roll and set it on the cabinet. Or... I mean, we're all being honest here. We've looked at that brown <laughs> little round toilet paper roll and we're like, meh, next right. time. There's some wipes down here. <laughs> There's some wipes. I'll use those. <laughs> oh, Lord. But we'll get into the next part here. We're, we kind of went with a funny route with that just with things that'll mildly infuriate you now we're going to go something a little bit more serious on like a life level of things that would really that they're just struggles you know that i think we all go through first is like your pressure to be productive even at like work or anything like that and even like in a hobby you want to be as productive as possible and that comes with some consequences so like trying to be perfect, comparing yourself to others, anything like that, you know? Yeah, I feel like with that in particular, when we say pressure, there's different routes you can go with it. I personally think, as in pressure, that we put ourselves under under pressure a lot. We have these high goals and aspirations for stuff that we want to do or want to accomplish at our job mm-hmm. in life in general. And it's some. It's most of the time it's unattainable. And we just have the idea that it's, you know, going to be easy doing it. But we don't really look at the groundwork and say, oh, yeah, there's so much stuff that we really have to put in to get this yep. result out of it. I feel, And I feel like that's something everybody can relate to, you know, even yeah. like at work, in school. Like you want to do as good as you can, but there's times where, I mean, you can be emotionally and like physically drained from whatever it is. I mean, yeah. you could love your job, but there's going to be days where it's like, 
I don't feel like doing anything. Take me out behind the woodshed. <laughs> Literally. And if there's like, say like deadlines for a test, anything like that. Yeah. You're going to feel pressured to get that stuff done. Mm-hmm. And like I said, that's something everybody, even at work, can. Um, yeah. With my job, I, that's literally all it is, is deadlines. And just managing constant dates and having to keep up with, okay, this is due this day. And 30 days, this is due. And, I, and just being sure that you're aware of all of it is a challenge in itself. But then when you're actually working it and you're having to keep up with it, it, it opens up a whole new can of worms. Because not only are you keeping up with it, but you've got people, you know, blowing your phone up and constantly calling you. And it's, well, how, why is this taking so long? Why is it doing this? And that puts even more pressure on you. And it kind of takes away from what you're doing. Yeah. So if I have to stop to, you know, talk to you about whatever, that's time that I could be working on it. Yeah. And working and on it. It feels like you're stuff. all the time just go, go, go. Yeah. Do you feel like in schools, like, say, I mean, you got the standard format now. Like, you got deadlines, exams have set dates. Do you think it'd be more beneficial if you said, we're still going to have lectures on the same days. I'm going to teach you all the information, but everything's due at the last day of the semester. Do you think that would reduce stress level or really just spike it at the end, you know, because procrastination, anything like that? Yeah, see, I've had a couple classes that have done that. And I think that it really depends on the type of learner you are. I think for some people that's great because mm-hmm. you can work at your own pace. If you decide to go to the lectures and, you know, learn everything they're teaching, you can kind of break it down the same way that, you know, homework would be due. Or you can see how much you've retained at the end of the semester and try to cram it in two weeks. Yep. So I've, I've been on both sides of that coin because – just depending on how much your workload really is. Do you prefer one or is it just I would say that both I, suck. <laughs> yeah, both suck, but I would definitely say doing it as soon as you know it helps you retain it more instead of like if it's an easy pie class, why does it matter, you know, if you do it the week you learn it or if you know in six weeks it's gonna be the it's gonna be the what it is. So I think with that, if it's easy material Totally yeah. procrastinate, wait till last minute because mm-hmm. it just fit it in your schedule the best you can. I mean, mm-hmm. I wouldn't just okay, all my other stuff's done, all I got's this time to play Xbox. But yeah. I feel like if you're a responsible yeah. student, the at the end of the year would benefit you way more. Yeah, just because like okay, it's been two weeks since I've done something, I'm gonna catch up. Mm-hmm. Then at the end of the semester, it's just like everything else. Like you got yep. your final exam, whatever. I feel like it'd be more beneficial for stress levels just because yeah. right now with school, like there's deadlines every week and it's just stressful getting all that stuff done. And it feels like your time with school and work at the same time is just so much more than your free time. You well, know? And it's a lot easier to have one overall deadline than it is a deadline every week. Yeah. And I think that's, that's why I lean more towards that type of school or that type of course is it's a lot easier to be able to just do it when you have time to do it compared to, well, I got five classes this semester and I've got something doing them every day this yep. week. And you kind of have to prioritize the week that you're doing it versus mm-hmm. I don't have nothing this week. I can literally just work on this class. And I think long-term numbers of like procrastination in college students or even high school students would go down significantly yeah. just because – 
you know if you don't do it at the end of the semester, you are screwed. Even if it is, I mean, an easy class would be easier, obviously, at the end, but you're still going to have a significant amount of work, even if it is easy. So I feel like that would teach students good lessons to avoid time management and to avoid procrastination because I'm known for it. Even with like these every deadline, because you can procrastinate that till the last second and you know you can get it done in 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have seven assignments, four tests, or something, you're going to have to (laughs) time manage for that. And see, I think that's one thing that does kind of suck about it is where everything is so compressed or in the case stretched out and you can do it whenever you want. Some people have that idea, well, I can just wait, you know, till the last two weeks and I can just get it all done then, which for some people that's fine. But Mm -hmm. there's some people that have to be on that schedule of, if you don't tell me when it's due, I'm going to do it all right now. And they'll get the whole class done the first week of the class. And then you're just waiting for that test to unlock, Mm -hmm. you know, five weeks later. I feel like some people wouldn't benefit from it. Yeah. Like, just because, personally, I think I work better under pressure for some reason. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, God, I know this is due. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get all this knocked out. And, like, my brain just goes into overdrive. Maximum overdrive. Maximum (laughs) overdrive. It just locks in. Yeah, and I feel like if I was thinking about it too much and was like, eh, okay, type a page here, type a page there, I wouldn't be as engaged with what I'm trying to do as if I'm like, all right, this is due at midnight. It's 10 a or 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna knock this thing out. Yeah, you know? and I feel like I've always been like that. And it kind of gives you that push in the right direction. It's mm-hmm. like, well, since you know it's due. You better do it, or you're going to see the results sooner than later. Or you're going to be screwed. And see, that's what, <coughs> when those classes do stretch out that long, it's like, oh, well, I, I ain't got nothing to worry about. I ain't graded nothing. Mm-hmm. And then once you get to it, it's like, okay, I either had to lock in, you know, weeks ago, or I got to lock in now. Mm-hmm. So it's a preference thing, but I think ultimately, if you can work at your own pace, that's probably the best. For, for me, it's the best. I like being able to do everything when I want to or when I feel that I have enough time to Mm -hmm. focus on it. Kind of like with summer courses too. You know, like there are only however many weeks. What is like, there's some five-week courses. Yeah. That you can take chemistry (laughs) in five weeks. So I feel like that's feeding into that working better whenever you're under pressure, Mm -hmm. you know, because I've taken summer classes and done fine in them. And, I mean, those are at community college, so they're a little bit easier. But, like, as far as Rafford classes, anything like that, mm-hmm. a five-week course would be very bad it's in something like chemistry. Yeah, no, any any bigger topic like that, I can only imagine how difficult it would be trying to get down basics along with, you know, the more niche stuff that you're getting with it compared to, like, if it's no microbiology or whatever, you know, it's more centralized than... Yeah, no way you're going to learn chemistry in five weeks, like, honestly. Yeah. You know, there's got to be some loopholes there, like, I'll be looking up some stuff on my phone, yeah. you know. There's no <laughs> way you can be like, oh, I know, I knew that just for my yeah. brain, unless you're seven days a week doing some kind of, like, five-hour yeah. study session. Because, I mean, chemistry and physics, hardest classes I've ever taken. And to do it in five weeks, if I didn't have online help, it would have been bad. Oh, yeah. It been very bad. No, I totally, I totally agree with that. Um, I, I think that's also part of, with the being under pressure thing as a whole and deadlines, 
you want to do a good job and that's your driving force Mm -hmm. that kind of is a good thing that you're under pressure because if you weren't and everyone just kind of slacked off, what's the point in doing a good job if, you know, there's no risk? Yeah. Like if you're just doing it to do it. Yeah. I guess you could call pressure just like almost anxiety just because if I don't do this good, somebody's going to be mad at me or something. And yeah, you have bad, let's use work as an example, like managers that are on your butt all the time. Like you got to get this done. But if they weren't like that, you know, yeah, you're not going to get it done, you know, mm-hmm. as quickly. It might not be as efficient, which yeah. some managers don't realize from what I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that in a whole, I feel like pressure is just anxiety. Yeah, in a, in a sense. Yeah, I think you can do well under pressure. It's just depending on how you manage it. Mm-hmm. And if you can manage it well, then I think you're good. Yeah. But that'll lead us into our next struggle here. I feel like this is something else everybody can relate to. I've had my troubles with it. Just maintaining friends in relationship on a time management basis. Yeah. So we're grown-ups. You know, we're going to have things to do. It sucks being grown-ups. Like, yeah. I miss whenever we just, hey, come over all week. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you could just hang out all week or anything yeah. like that. But now it's like, yeah, i got to make sure the dog's fed. Uh, the baby sleeping or yeah. anything like that. Gotta feed the hogs. Gotta feed the hogs. Yeah. <laughs> gotta take the dogs out. <laughs> and I feel like that cuts into some of the relationships you had with former friends and even with new yeah. friends. I mean, unless it's a work friend that you're seeing eight hours a day or anything like that, that gets me to something else. It makes me mad <laughs> that I see, if you're watching this from my work, I'm sorry. I don't mean it. But people I don't care about, yeah. I see every day. For, or every week, 40 hours a week. And then it feels like the people I do care about, you don't see at all. Yeah. And that just, it really grinds my gears. Yeah. But, I mean, that's just life, you know? And maybe you would get burnt out. I mean, I hope I wouldn't get burnt out on the people I like. But yeah. you definitely get burnt out on work and coworkers whenever that's taking up all your time instead of being able to do something you want. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I, I'm totally right there with you with the time management for your friends and family more or less I feel like when you are at work you almost have to you you don't really get to choose whether to like the people or not you kind of just you have to deal with them regardless I agree if they're just you know the biggest piece in the world or you know they could be the nicest person in the world and that's great that you know you're interacting with different people that you wouldn't normally interact with but I feel like it almost hinders you too because what you said no one wants to hang out with people that they're not choosing to hang out with yeah. for 40 hours a week. If I could be here with my wife and my dog, I would probably be more happy for 40 hours than I would exactly dealing with all the people that I deal with in a 40-hour work week. Mm-hmm. And I'd say the same thing with like when we do stuff like this. This, to me, is a lot more enjoyable than going to work for eight hours. Yeah. Even though coming up with the ideas and talking about the stuff we talk about that is a job in the mm-hmm. sense that it's just not, oh, yeah, right in my head. I know exactly what we're going to do. Yeah. It's it's work to get to that point. But once you get to the point, it feels like it's a lot more rewarding, even though you're not getting, like, money or the gratification that you would get from going to a job. Yeah. So I think with, the, with relationships in general, it's very weird how we perceive 
personal relationships and like acquaintances. Yeah, would you consider like a coworker just a acquaint acquaintance? I'd say some of them, you know, can be friends and personal mm-hmm. friends, but I'd say like majority. Like if I'd never met these people, and you know there was no reason for me to interact with them, I would much rather be hanging out with my friends, watching TV, doing podcasts, whatever. Yeah. Than I would going to work for. 40 hours and mm-hmm. just getting a paycheck basically yeah. and you can make really good friends at work i'm not yeah. saying that like yeah, yeah you're no, not gonna no. have any friends that you can't keep for a lifetime because i mean my lowe's boys know and i hope they're listening <laughs> uh i mean they're friends for life and we had so much fun working there and that's a that's a good work environment just because i was around my friends every day and it's mm-hmm. i mean you had managers that were kind of up your butt but it's still just a Lowe's job, and they know that you're, I mean, we were 20, 21 at the time. Yeah. That it's not something serious for you. So, I mean, there was really some days I would look forward to going in and working just because it feels like a, a slow day, and I was like, okay, I'm just going to get to hang out with my friends all day. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people get a job experience like that because I was, I mean, working during college. Some people just go to college and don't really get that. Mm-hmm. But overall, I'm... As you grow up, I think your friends understand a little bit more yeah. that, I mean, you're going to have other things outside of work that are going to take up your time, and you're obviously going to have work, and I mean, with me right now, school, mm-hmm. that's going to take up most of your time, but there's those friends that are still a little bit younger or not quite as committed to working and stuff like that as you, they're like, why can't you hang out with me all the time, yeah. Which is which is tough because you still want to be friends with them, but they're just... I'm not trying to put them down below me. I'm just saying they're a step behind in that aspect. Yeah. So they don't see the value in it that yeah. you, as a adult, adult, or they got something else going on. Like yeah. they're still in school, just with school, and they don't have the level of responsibility you have. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what kind of creates the like division. Is if I'm hanging out with people that don't have nowhere near the amount of responsibility as me, they're not going to see the perspective of. Well, I don't know why he can't just come home from work and hop on the game. Yeah. I don't know why he can't just call out today. Why is he tired whenever he's been at work all day? Why can't he get on the game? Exactly. And yeah. I think that's kind of, I don't know if it's a closed-minded thing because they haven't got to experience it yet or they're content where they're at and they're never going to experience it. And mm-hmm. it's, well, I work my part-time job. I do whatever I want when I want. I have all this extra money to spend and stuff to buy. It's never going to be an issue for them Mm -hmm. because there's nothing for them past what they're doing. And I think with us, it's kind of we're in that boat where it's we want to have nice stuff and we want to, you know, make a name for ourselves where we work and, you know, do good work. But it's also like with the whole time management thing, you don't want to just go to work and that's your whole life. Yeah. As you go in for 40 hours or you work, you know, 10 hours a week overtime, whatever, and you don't get to spend that time with your family. Yeah. And I've, anyone that I've ever worked for, I've always said the same thing. It doesn't matter if you pay me $100 an hour overtime. I value my time so much more than mm-hmm. you putting a dollar amount. And don't get me wrong, you know, if you paid me a million dollars an hour overtime, I might work you know, two, three hours, and I'm good. Yeah. But, you know, hypothetically speaking, you get double, triple time, whatever. That, to me, isn't going to 
you know, oh, yeah, no, I'll totally put another six hours in this week if you're going to, you know, help me out yep. financially. Because at the end of the day, you're going you're gonna to get taxed on all that. You're not really going to get to keep what you're working yeah. for. And you're bringing all that stress and all that stuff that you have just complained about for a whole week. You're bringing more of that into your house. Mm-hmm. And that's creating more division between you Dang, and the yeah. people you like that's and want to point. hang out with. Mm-hmm. And it, it sucks so much to be like, hey, do you want to do something tonight? Or if someone asks you, do you want to do something tonight? Like, no, nah, I got to do this. I got to go to work. I got to mm-hmm. I got to finish this up. Well, me and the boys are hopping on. We're, we just want to know if you wanted to play. And it's like, odd man out. Yeah. And it's like you you appreciate whenever they yeah, ask that stuff. Yeah. You're, like, there's a lot of times I had to say no to playing Xbox and I'm glad that my friends are still texting me even though I've exactly. said no sometimes. And you were touching on how, I mean, even if they offered you all that overtime, you still value your time more off than just money, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a good way. That's how I am too. But that's what managers feed on is people who are too afraid to say no. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I've had some really good managers and being a manager is a hard job. Yeah. I feel like it's like one of the harder jobs just because – you don't want to be the bad guy. I mean, some some probably do, but you don't want to be the bad guy. You just know that there's ends that need to be met. Oh, yeah, definitely. And so as soon as, say, I'm your manager and I ask you, hey, let's uh, you want to work eight hours of overtime tonight, work a double or something, you say yes one time, he's coming back to Every you time. again. And so you give them an inch and they take a whole mile. Yeah. And I've had multiple instances where that happened to me and, like, I was working my butt off. And this is... The first one that comes to mind is my job in high school at Food Country at a grocery store. And when I was working there, I mean, I was nonstop. You know, I was like, I got to do this. I got to do that. If they ask me if I want to stay late, I'm going to. Yeah. That was before I realized that they just take advantage of you at yeah. that point. You're, all you are is a number in the system. Oh, yeah. And they don't care that you're not getting any sleep or what. Well, I was getting sleep in high school, but that you're not getting any sleep or your work-life balance is just yeah. down the drain. They All they care about is you that, that milk warm, is stocked. You are a warm body <laughs> doing a task, yeah. and we need this task completed. So that whenever they go home, they don't got to stress about it. Exactly. And I think that's an issue that we run into a lot today is all, all we live in is a world of micromanaging. It's mm-hmm. We have someone that's higher up than us that tells us we got to do ABC and they've got someone higher up than them telling them they got to do same thing. It's just rinse and repeat. But at the end of the day, you got to look at it from their perspective. If we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing, then they're going to get in trouble. And if they get in trouble, then their boss gets in trouble and so on and so forth. And I personally don't think that's a really good way to live or run a business to feel like that every time you do something wrong that you have to get called out for it. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's... I get that it needs to be fixed if it's wrong, but it just seems like a lot of places tend to break you down more than build you up. Oh, yeah. And they don't want to really jump in and help you fix what's broke. It's just like, this is broke. You need to go fix it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what creates a lot of division and a lot of this resentment that workers have towards their supervisors and bosses is we understand that you kind of see where we're coming from, but it's like you're not really doing anything about it. You're just kind of, yeah, I know there's a problem. We're working on it. But there's yeah. nothing that ever really changes. So it's mm-hmm. kind of off by the wayside. Yeah. And I feel like that's leading us into, I mean, we've been talking about it 
even brought it up a couple of times, like work-life balance is our yeah. third topic and our last topic. Um, work-life balance is probably the biggest thing for happiness almost for a worker. You see, just because if you say you have a hobby, you need to be doing that hobby whenever you're not at work just to kind of keep you the stress relief down mm-hmm. or the stress down. Yeah. Overall as a whole, I feel like my work-life balance is okay, but there's days where like I come home and I'm not one to do anything, you know. Yeah. I don't care about my hobby. Like I just you were done. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people, especially as you get older, appreciate that time more. And I feel like that's more beneficial for your stress um, relief or anything like that. Just because if you come home and you're like, "Oh God, I got to do this and this," you're still in that work mode, you know. I like to come home and put on a Netflix show yeah. and chill, <laughs> order some DoorDash, you know. Mm-hmm. That's just me personally, though. I think what I run into a lot is it, where my job is so, like, data-driven and so many deadlines, mm-hmm. it seems like as soon as I'm done at 4.30, I'm already anticipating what's due tomorrow, what I've already got to start working mm-hmm. on. So, I mean, as great as the idea that a calendar is, it, it hurts me because I've, I already get to see what I'm doing. And I think it it rips my soul out and just drives me crazy that I can't come home and not think about it. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, God, I, I've got this person and I already know it's going to be bad. And, you know, it's... And then your time at home is just dreading the next day. Exactly. Which is really sucks. Like, I've seen it somewhere. It's called, like, Sunday Scaries or something like that. On Sunday, you know, you got to work to work the next Monday. You're like... I know I got so much to do. Mm-hmm. Even in my time off, I'm like dreading it. You kind of get yeah. that dread in your chest. Which people say, like, if you find the right job, you won't feel that. I feel like everybody dreads it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if we were full-time podcasters or something, I mean, yeah, it might be a little bit different. Yeah. But, I mean, even to that extent, there would still be tons of work that would have to be put in. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, would it be like a regular nine to five? No, the schedule would be a whole lot more flexible. Yeah. But you could still, you know, there's still stuff you got to accomplish in a day to day. You can't just okay, well, let's wait till Friday, and then we're just going to throw a podcast up and hope it does good, and that's yep. it. Mm-hmm. You, that's not as simple as you know. Sometimes we wish it was. Yeah, no thinking of topics or anything like that. Yeah. Just like boom, record. Let's just yeah. put something on. Like yeah. Yeah. No, if it was that easy, I mean. <laughs> Yeah. Everyone would do it. Yeah. And specifically with jobs, when we tie that back in, it just seems like that you can never really escape it. Whenever mm-hmm. you do come home and whenever you're constantly thinking about that, even when you pick up your hobby, you're talking about work. You're talking about what you don't like about work. Yeah. And it's you're subconsciously doing it. And it's not necessarily that, you know, we're just going to get on here and rant about work. But, I mean, that's part of your work-life balance yeah. is what is a way that you can come home from that and just basically not even think about anything that went on today and kind of keep the negativity at bay because mm-hmm. I feel that I'm very bad for anytime someone asks me how was your day or how was work I just immediately I'm like nope I don't even want to I don't even want to scratch that because I know that I'm literally just going to go on a rant here about yep. everything that went wrong. Mm-hmm. And it feels so bad to like have that pin up stuff and just 
this happened and this happened because no one wants to get the receiving end of my fury. Mm-hmm. I feel like people our age struggle with, I guess, realizing that, I mean, work's a definite thing. You know, you're yeah. going to have to do it. And it's coming from being a kid and you don't really have to worry about anything. Uh, everything's done for you. I mean, not everything, but you, you learn yeah. responsibility to an extent. But waking up every morning, going to work is a lot different than, oh, I got to go do this at 11. I got to go to town with mom or something, you know? Yeah. I feel like it's hard for people, especially in our age where they're just graduating college, they're going into the workforce and just realizing that, you know, I don't get to sleep in every day. Yeah, and this no, isn't it, part-time at Lowe's, yeah. like you were about to say. It's not something that you just get to, well, I, I'm only going to be working, you know, every other day or something for the week. It's yeah. I, I can kind of float around on my schedule. No, this is day in, day out. i got to go to bed at 10 to yeah. get Or you're going to feel like crap. And then once you do it for a week and you're like, yeah, I can't stay up super late, mm-hmm. you kind of get folded once or twice and you're like, okay, this is my life now. Yep. And you have to find that happy medium, even though there's really no happy to it, that when you do come home, all you literally need to focus on is all your responsibilities, all your chores that you got to do at home, and not really even give any attention to the negative stuff. Yeah. Because if, if you do that, that's all your life's going to be is, even if you're not working while you're at home, mm-hmm. you're letting work control your home life. Yeah, and that's not a good way to live. That's literally the point of work-life balance. You gotta yeah. leave the work at work and leave the life at home. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, you can talk about life at work or anything like that. Do you feel like vacation time and just like off time is enough that you get at normal jobs? Like, say you get two weeks of paid vacation. I mean, obviously it doesn't feel like it's enough but <laughs> do you feel like for the work that needs to get done that only two weeks is sufficient or you think they need to give people more time off this is very paid time off <laughs> yeah this is a very weird question for me because from my perspective of what i do right now mm-hmm. i'm constantly on a 30-day cycle like it doesn't matter if i take three weeks off if i got something yesterday in 20 days, I have to send something. In 30 days, it has to be done. Oh. So even if I take two weeks off and I get stuff, when I get back, it'll still it'll be on day 10, day 15, waiting for me to do it. So Dang, that sucks. It's so bad because you don't ever really get a break. You just, you're not doing it. Mm-hmm. You don't get the immediate <laughs> stuff that has to be done this week, but you get stuff that's got to be done a month out. Yeah. So it's like, do you really get time off if you're still getting stuff, and you're still yeah. you're still getting all the work you would have got, and you know you're going back to it even exactly. if you do take time off. And see, that's what sucks so much about my. I mean, yeah, telework's great, but yeah, at the end of the day, you know, even if you do take paid time off, you're going to have to struggle when you come back. I feel like. It's like that to an extent for every job, but yeah, that sounds like it's a little bit higher. Like you have all that waiting on you. Well, and it, it and see, this is where you bite the hand. It sucks because you don't want to take time off because you know when you come back you're gonna have it. Dang, yeah. So it's like, well, do I want to get complacent and comfortable 
taking off, you know, a week and not like, for instance, I'm going to be off this Saturday all the way through next Monday Mm -hmm. or through the following Monday. So I'll get all the next week off and then I'll get the following weekend and then I'll get Christmas off. Mm -hmm. That's going to suck so bad after not working for nine whole days. Yeah. And then going back and then having probably 20, 30 applications mm-hmm. that are all on various days now that have to be done. And then yeah, 25 voicemails. I mean, <clears throat> whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. So it's just how do you procrastinate that? And just I'll, I'll worry about it when I get back to work. I'll mm-hmm. worry about it when I get back. Or do you kind of dread it like... Oh, it's a Tuesday, and I've already, I already know I've got like ten applications or something. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of with <clears throat> what we talked about earlier with like the managers taking an inch, or you give them an inch, they take a mile. Because yeah, like here's here's two weeks that you don't gotta worry about anything, and we'll pay you. But as soon as those weeks are over, mm-hmm. you are mine. Yeah, like if you request a time, request time off, I don't have to give it to you. Yeah. Just because you used up your time. And two weeks out of the whole year, you get to be stress-free. And even in your situation, not really stress-free. Yeah. And I know that some jobs give more. I mean. Well, in, in, all, in all fair regard, you mm-hmm. do get more than two weeks. Mm-hmm. You accumulate time the more you work. So you have, you know, sick days, annual leave, all that stuff. But again, is even if it's five weeks, and you can take off a month of a whole year. Is it really worth it if you're still having work that you're getting while you're off? Yeah. It's just piling up while you're gone and yeah. you kind of know it. And it's always in the back of your mind. I don't feel like with some jobs you wouldn't have to worry about that. Yeah. I feel like some you would definitely. But that would just make my time off almost feel. <laughs> like useless. Yeah. It's like it's mm-hmm. nice while you're at home getting mm-hmm. you're not having to actively worry about it. But at the same time, it's like you're passively worrying about it because it's like, well, when I do go back, yeah, like just bend me over because mm-hmm. it's getting ready to get rough. <laughs> and we've kind of took this into like a just a we hate work rant. Yeah, we're not work lazy, sucks. okay? We're not lazy, but work does suck, and it sucks for everybody sometimes. But you know, if you just find that dream job, it'll all be better. But I think we've hit on some really good points um, with everything. My favorite was the. Um, the toilet paper <laughs> incident that I had yeah. sometimes. <laughs> but you got anything that you want to add to it, Dylan, or you think it's good to wrap it up? What do you think? I'd say the only thing that we probably would need to add is we need to tell people to find healthy outlets to relieve their stress. Yeah. Whether it be getting on a podcast and ranting for 10 to 15 minutes. Like us. <laughs> or, you know, just going out, hanging out with your friends, doing stuff you enjoy, and just not letting any of that negativity follow you home because as funny as this is that we get to talk about it and you know explain what our day-to-day is like it's also kind of an eye-opener to let you know yeah people deal with the same stuff you deal with whether you really see that in their personality or not Mm -hmm. and And probably some people probably like like listening to other people rant whenever they don't have anybody to rant to about it or like anything like that. And I think those are some positive things to take away. Like do what you want to do on your time off, have a positive or a good work life balance just because if you don't, you'll go crazy and you'll work yourself to death. But I think that's all we got. Thank you everybody for listening. This has been another episode.
of the Neighbors Podcast. <laughs>